104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. Broadcasting pure classic rock from the Just One More studio in beautiful Midtown Springfield. It's Ned Talk, your local live sports show. Sports Talk Fambusos. I hate that show. Now, here's Ned. That's right, Ned Talk, it's on the air once again. We're in the studios here at our lovely complex in Middle Springfield, Midwest Family Broadcasting. I'm Joe Weston, your host, joined as always by my compatriots in sports, our roustabout Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you today? Beautiful day in the Ozarks, beautiful day across Missouri, and we have a little baseball coming up tonight, and it is the first of the I-70 series matchups. What more could you want? You, it's too hot. That's what more I could oh. want. It's too hot. We're, Ned and I are going to argue everything tonight. We just... It's, and I, it's, and it's I can tell you who's going to win, too. I am. Because wow. I can take that old man down. Stormy, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm like you. I'm uh, My birthday's over. I'm ready for it to be fall. I'm Let's cool it off and yeah, and exactly. Easier to enjoy the world. Yeah, John, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love the summer, but you know, it's my birthday's coming up in a couple of weeks too, so I'll take a little cool off. Everybody wants to get their birthday wishes in here. That's right. So we're at, when's your birthday, Ned? They don't exist anymore. Oh, it don't <laughs> exist anymore. Okay. Josh Roberts is with us too. He survived his trip to Kansas City, and he is back. How are you, Josh? I'm doing great. I'm hunkering down in the panic room and uh, <laughs> enjoying the, the spring weather. Yeah, how are you? I mean, you're. We haven't seen you in a while, and you uh, you made this the sojourn up to Kansas City. How was that? Uh, it was interesting. A little uncomfortable, just because Kansas City's had such a you know lot of cases, but everything was safe, so it was uneventful. Uh, yeah, it was all right. See a lot of Chiefs stuff while you were up there. Oh man. There are so many Chiefs Kingdom and Chiefs bumper stickers, and it's everywhere up there. No, we're getting, we're getting close to the start. It. Getting close to the start. The uh, Over the weekend, closer. Stormy shook his fist in the air. We have to tell I'm Stormy ready. sometimes we're not a TV show. But <laughs> uh, we, it, was a, it was initially a scary weekend for the NFL because there was something like 70 false positive reports. 71. 71. Yeah. And uh, that has since been rolled back, and there are no positive re- results right now. And so the NFL is still looking pretty good. Yeah, but it does it does create a cast of doubt if anything else happens uh, when you have 71 false positive. Now, think of the reaction of the eight teams that were involved in that, including the Buffalo Bills and the Vikings and Detroit Lions and so forth and so on. How must they feel to know that you have players? Then all of a sudden, oh, we made a mistake. It is, they're false positives. Uh, somebody has to check into that and, and make sure that these are valid uh, uh, case results that really create a, a permanent, well, permanent, such as it is, uh, circumstance for these teams. Because you can't have, uh, especially during the season, uh, oh, you're positive, you're sitting out, well, no, we're wrong, you're not positive. Oh, yeah. you know, what, kind of a, what kind of a mismatch is that? Well, think well, about the players involved it, in it. I mean, you talk about the ultimate stress level. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. when I saw the NFL was going to launch an investigation into the firm that is handling their results for them and see how that turns out. But that's one of the things that leads me to the conversation that I wanted to have with you guys to start out the show was uh, baseball and football are now talking about doing bubble 
playoffs because can you imagine let's just go down that road for just a minute chiefs are in the playoffs they're going to play let's just say buffalo and let's say that the week before the game buffalo gets a bunch of positive results what happens there's no there's no wiggle room there it's all gone and there's no taxi squads i've gotten into the playoffs there is there's really no protocol to follow in something like that so it's an unanswerable question you don't know what's going to happen uh we'll just assume that if the season has gone on that far and uh, maybe maybe something exists by then because the playoffs will be in january season ends regular season ends on january 3rd so you would assume by january 10th is when the playoffs would begin Maybe something will exist in which is there's a, a remedy or a proven circumstance which will uh, create immunity. Who knows? You just don't know. So they are unanswerable questions. But it just I re- would say to be safe, though, they should probably plan on doing a bubble playoff just to be safe. Because if they can add that level of security to avoid the potential of that happening, that scenario, why not? I mean, you might as well in this instance. Well, uh, Josh, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. A bubble playoff, uh, what difference is it going to make because there are virtually no fans able to watch the games anyway? So uh, I would not disagree with that uh, philosophy at all. It has worked with the NBA. They seem to be progressing very well with no COVID-19 COVID results. Uh, I'm sure the players are probably getting a little stale right now being around each other or for that amount of time but they're making their money they are and mm-hmm. they're playing they're yep. finishing a season and they're creating the playoffs and the same with with hockey with their two hub cities yeah i can see i can see baseball uh for weather purposes number one and for health purposes number one also uh mutual purpose going uh going with a bubble i i there's a benefit to that yes the only, the only drawback on this would be the logistics of it because you're talking about two sports that have an excessive number of players over what you have in basketball. And keeping those players in check when we've already seen in baseball where some of the ones who are an issue, we won't mention names, we all know who <laughs> he is. Uh, but, you know, it's just having them commit to keeping to this code for those playoffs but I think for the chance at being in the playoffs and playing in them, you can have a lot of them who will commit and, and stick with it. But, Stormy, the fact of the matter is it has happened with oh, yes. certain players. Cleveland Indians, well, the uh, one kid, the Clevenger kid, was to start tonight. Uh-uh, you're um, back on the bench. And, yep, the, right. and the same with Playsec. Mm-hmm. When you discipline individuals, I don't care how old or how young you are, when you offer some kind of discipline, especially if it's a monetary uh, a penalty. There you go. That does have an effect, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's not the result for some of these individuals. John? Yep. I think there's a proven track record already. We've mentioned it with the NHL and the NBA. I mean, zero cases for both organizations doing this. So, I, you know, especially in the case of baseball, you've already seen so many lost games at this stage. It would be a nightmare scenario if one or two teams got into trouble around the playoffs. So, to me, if you're going, Stormy, you brought up a good point as far as the number of players. I think they're going to have to have multiple hubs, more so mm-hmm. than the NHL. I would say at least four, possibly even six. But I do think it's proven that it's worked, and I think it's if they want to ensure a full postseason, it's the steps that we're going to have to take to to ensure that. Josh, your thoughts? Well, I, I agree with that completely. I, and I, I agree with what you guys are saying about the number of players. Do you think maybe that they would 
in order to keep the number of hub cities down, they would have a protracted amount of teams in the playoffs, or are they still too, wanting to too be late. full too late. playoffs? It yeah. is, it's 16 mm-hmm. teams that are in the playoffs. That is in concrete. That's the way it's going to be. So okay. after okay. Uh, after September 27th, we'll know what the playoff formula is. And uh, I think John probably uh, hit on it. You Maybe three. Three hubs. Three hub, three, uh, hub cities would work. Preferably yeah. with indoor stadiums, and I think yes. that would probably be okay. Let's talk about this for a second because this is uh, an issue that the NFL suddenly has to deal with. That the unthought of things that happen is uh, Miami Dolphins, which Miami still that area is still a hot spot for what's going on with COVID nineteen. They say they're going to allow, I think, what was it, sixteen thousand fans into the stadium to watch their games, one of the teams that they're playing has said, uh, we don't like that at all. <laughs> because 15 right. teams have completely committed to we're not going to have fans. So the NFL at this point is almost half and half. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do you see that playing out, Ned? Do not. I do not. If, if Because it's up to the home teams as to whether or not they're going to allow fans in. But the visiting teams certainly have a voice in what's going on. If you uh, go into a stadium, and we'll use Arrowhead as an example, and you have 17,600 in there, and uh, whomever they're playing doesn't allow any, well, the Las Vegas Raiders. When they Uh come to Kansas City, they will be coming from, quote-unquote, a sterile atmosphere because they won't allow any fans in there. That's a legitimate argument, and I don't know how it's resolved, and I don't know whether or not the NFL has come up with a, a formula for that. It may very well be a situation in which they say, Flip a coin, see what happens. Although I'm, I'm being facetious here because your health is uh, very much the, uh, the byproduct of what goes on here. So uh, it, it, that's a dicey situation, and I don't know how they'll resolve it. Stormy? Oh, boy. That, that, that's going to be a war with, between some teams. Uh, you're going to have some teams that are just absolutely going to say no fans whatsoever. And it may end up being yet another negotiated deal between one team and another to say, okay, if we're going to play, we have no fans than ours. That's how we're playing. Period. Somebody come in to sell, to sell the Chiefs. You want to play us? We want this game to go on. You're not going to have Chiefs and Arrowhead for that game. I I can almost see teams saying, you know what, for those instances, we're going to say yes. John? I don't think I've made any any bones about my distaste for Roger Goodell and some of the practices <laughs> that he has. So this is, again, something that should have been headed off before now. You needed to make a unilateral decision and either decide, yes, all NFL teams can have 15 to 20% capacity or no fans at all. Now you've created a roadblock, and it's going to be very difficult to change either side's mind. He's good at building roadblocks. And the answer to that may be yes. All right, the teams have been given their choice. This is what you're going to do. It's all right with us if you want X number of fans in there. And some team goes to another, the answer may be it's too bad. Right. This is a uniform Mm -hmm. decision that we made. You chose not to have any fans, fine. But when you're going someplace where there are fans, Tough luck. That's the way it's going to be. Right. That may be the answer. Josh, your thoughts? Well, I I think they need to look. I know none of you guys like soccer but me, but if you look at the, the <laughs> Premier League model, it worked. They had no outbreaks. They had no additional cases when they came back. Mm-hmm. They played the rest of their season mm-hmm. with no fans. They plan on playing the beginning of this new season, which starts next month, with no fans. And so that's they're saying we're, we want to keep this as tight as possible so there is no outbreak. And I think that's what they need to do. But, I mean, 
like you guys are saying, and there's no easy answer to this because we're talking about a lot of lost revenue for the teams and for the ownership, and and uh, fans are not going to be happy if they can't go to the stadium. So, but I just think from if you're going to take it just from the safety perspective, they should be playing empty stadiums. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the first college football poll because that came out today. Stormy's got all the information on that. We'll see what everybody thinks. There's a team ranked fairly high that's not going to play (laughs) this fall. They're going to play in the spring, but uh, not going to play in the fall. So hang around with us. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. That's right, buddy. The band is back together. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Yep, that's right. Ned talking 104.7 The Cave. We are in the studio. At least most of us are. Ned's sitting here. Stormy's sitting here. John's sitting here. And Josh is at home doing Lord knows what. Growing my hair. Growing your hair. (laughs) Hey, Josh, has Dwight Yoakam showed up yet? No. Dwight Yoakam, what is that? He was in Panic Room. Jodie Foster might be there, though. Wasn't That's she true. Panic Room? Yeah, she was Panic Room. Yeah, we like to talk about movies sometimes, too. Sometimes. When we're, in, when we're in their studios. So we've been talking about financial impact. Let's talk about a sport that's taken a huge financial impact, and that is college football. Uh, Stormy, what's the first poll look like? Well, the first preseason poll came out from the AP, and they've got Clemson at number one. Then the team Ned didn't mention that's not playing. Ohio State isn't at number two. Alabama at number three, Georgia at number four, and Oklahoma back at number five. So, I mean, that's the first one out. I'm like Ned, I'm a little stifled by why in the world they would put a team in there that's not even playing, but uh, we'll have to see. That yeah, makes I, zero sense. I, no, why it would they be number two when they're not, not going to play until after January sometime? And uh, the Big Ten did come out and say they want to start their uh, spring season right after the NFL ends, which is on January yep. 3rd. That would allow them to play at some of the indoor stadiums, the Vikings and the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. and play. And, and Illinois could come down and play in St. Louis. That's not all that far away. But that would give them that advantage of playing indoors in otherwise foul-weather circumstances. I think that this, this is a plot by the liberal left-wing sports, <laughs> Good sports media that, they're, that they want to get Ohio State into the championship. They do this every year, the left-wing sports media. He's finally, <laughs> finally admitting it. Finally, you have, cut, you have seen the light, Joe. <laughs> I saw the light. John, saw how, last Josh, how about, how, how about our, our beloved Alabama being at number third? What's, what's your opinion on that one? Well, you know, um, I'm okay with them being third. I think they, they do better when they've got a chip on their shoulder. The last couple of years, they've kind of thought they could just coast to it and, and it didn't quite work out for them. So, you know, I'm fine with them being three. I agree with you guys, though. I, I, Ohio State's not even going to play in the fall, and they're second in the nation. And I agree with Joe, not with the liberal side of it, but every year they push Ohio State, even though Ohio State ultimately fails. I can see a circumstance where Alabama does give up a, a position in the ratings and Ohio State supersedes them. And that is when Missouri beats Alabama in the opening oh, game. Oh, good oh my gosh. 
Man, I'll, oh my I'll bet gosh. you a case of Jack Daniels on that one. Is there Ooh. an over-under on that game already? You, you I I, I'll look it up and see. You yeah, heard let's it. see. I did case, hear it. A case of it. All right. All right. <laughs> the commitment want, has been made. I want to ask you some questions because I don't think I've you – know, we, we touched on this last week, but I don't fully understand because – Explain this to me slowly, Ned, in stupid terms for me to understand. But how, this may take a while, what's, folks. What's Missouri State? How are they playing? What's going on with that? How many games do they have? They have three games in the oh, season. Okay. But but the uh, it's kind of misleading because two of the games are against the same team. But the way they're going to work it is this: they're going to play their game with uh, Oklahoma on the twelfth. They had they being the Bears had a full scrimmage on Friday, and while I didn't get a chance to see it, I did hear. Coach Petrino's comments, and he was uh, he was pleased. Now, that's not to say that the Bears are in the same category as the Sooners. Of course they're not. But the $600,000 is very important to the Bears program. Play that game, take a couple of weeks off, then go down to Conway, Arkansas, and play Central Arkansas, which is a Southland Conference team. The Southland, which is FCS, Division One AA, has done the same thing that the Missouri Valley Conference has done. They have pushed their games back to the spring, but allowed their schools to play non-conference games. Well, Central Arkansas's first non-conference game this year was Mizzou. That's who they were to have played up in Columbia. So now they're going to play Missouri State on September the 27th Mm -hmm. and then come back here and play the Bears on October 17th, which is the Bears' homecoming. Any chance that the Bears pick up any more games or not? Is it not, just... not not now? No, three three is really that's that's about the optimum number you can play. When just a few months later you're going to play again. Now I will tell you, so I have not... they are going to play in the sp- oh, spring. Yeah, Sorry yeah, to yeah. Okay. Missouri Valley is a spring season this yes. year, but I haven't seen the dates when they're going to start. And again, when you're talking about the Valley, well, it's a Midwest. And if you start in January, there are no indoor stadiums. I take it back. I take it back. There are. North Dakota. North, Northern Iowa, North Dakota, Dakota State, State. Yep. Uh-huh. and South Dakota. Uh-huh. They play uh, indoors. So it is feasible that, a, you know, a bubble situation could exist. But I haven't seen the schedule. I don't know how they're going to work it. But it will be all Valley games, and uh, there will be the, a conference champion. Well, I just checked two different uh, apps for Las Vegas, and right now they don't have anything listed for college football. Oh, really? They have just yeah. the pro. They have they did have some Canadian uh, listed, but that's been bumped down to almost nothing since they've canceled. So I think that I think something like this poll and things like that are they were waiting for them to come out. So I think we'll probably see them next week or two. I'll probably be able to have some some odds for you. Is there an over under on a season? Oh, that's a good question. If, I'm sure that they have them out there. They don't have them on their apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, for yes, this may play, that might play, this may give up. Then I wouldn't be- doubt it a bit if they do have odds on all that out there, including probably something like a uh, pool as to okay, when will this season end? When will this be over? Just for more stuff to bet on. I mean, they do that. John, like yeah. me, Missouri State graduate. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about three games? Well, I mean, I understand it's the Oklahoma game's too big of a game to lose, as Ned said. I mean, six hundred thousand yeah. dollars. The university can't. There's afford a couple to pass of that up. Top dogs at the university that want that money. Yeah, I'm Ooh, definitely sure. We're not going to give them airtime tonight, but they want that money. I, th- I think it'll be interesting when they start playing in the spring when you start factoring in these few games that these teams have had with non-conference opponents into you know how their overall season looks. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, again, I mean, we'll, we'll see how Bobby Petrino does with the team and hopefully he'll make a believer out there of it. There is one team that I do feel very sorry for. University of Oregon, 
Mm. Oregon's a national contender. Yep. Their first game was North Dakota State. Do you know what you have done, people? The eight-time <laughs> national champions. <laughs> Josh, how much will Nick Saban wind this season? Oh, my gosh. More than most. More than yeah, most he seasons. will. I have a question, though. This, this, I don't know if you, this has been addressed or not. Do you think that moving – uh, fall sports to the spring is going to push spring sports to the summer. No, is no, that no. Something that's been discussed. No, I don't. It, it mm-hmm. can't really. I think the spring sports will stay right where they are, assuming that the schedules haven't been disrupted yet. It'll just impact them by how they play and the numbers of people who are able to show up. Now, keep in mind. Now, the one that I do like, and I've heard this bandied about a little bit, is the NCAA March Madness tournament. That has to go. Yes. The NCAA has lost Boku oh millions of dollars oh, with that thing so being canceled. But that. the fact <laughs> is they are going to have to play, and they may play in a bubble if there is still this yeah. circumstance yes. going on. Let's hope. I right. mean, that would be the smart thing to do. I mean, they, they could have even tried to do that last year, but, of course, it, it all it kind of hit right at the moment. Yeah. About it the time, yeah. too quickly. You couldn't uh, really make an yeah. adjudication that quickly. But I don't, I don't. I don't weep for the NCAA. <laughs> no, but I, no. I do weep for some. A lot of the staff. I, 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 well, I agree with you on that, and that's something that we we've, we've talked about frequently. That it, it's not just the players that are involved in this; it is people that are. And you brought this up last year. Stormy's a huge Drury booster, and how hard it was to watch their season just end. Oh yeah, and for those girls, and for the coaches, and for the fans, and for everybody, just how difficult that is. I mean, we all suffer through this. This is something we're all in this together at this moment and sharing through, so... And I can tell you, some of the staff over there, they're, they're worried about the spring because of the, the number of people they have to do games. I mean, if you're backing up a basketball season while baseball season is getting ready to start and while you've got a oh. soccer game going on, you know, your sports information director and your other people like that are going to be pulled in 15 different directions at once. These are issues that the pros don't necessarily have at all, but the colleges do. And we were already in an age where they were cutting staff and trying to minimize this and that for the bottom line in colleges. And now you're going to put these guys in in basically running 24-hour days uh, with sports. And it's it's going to be a nightmare from that aspect in college sports. I can tell you up front, that's going to be one of the worst parts. It just is amazing to me how seamless, when everything's going well, how seamless sports works. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All the things oh, that goes gosh. on behind the scenes, how well people take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. I mean, it was such a big deal last year when I think it was the Chiefs and the Patriots and the and the Chiefs stuff didn't arrive. Right. Yes. And that's the first time that I've heard of that in many years. I mean, I know it happens. I know mm-hmm. things happen all the time. But it's amazing how the people behind the scenes from the very top to the very bottom work to get those X Thanks, number yeah. of guys on the court, on the field, on the diamond, whatever, and those are the people that are really suffering right now through all this. Just for a little edification, yes, you bring up a very good point, the support crews for all those teams. But someday, guys, get yourself media passes to uh, the bowels of Savage. It's not Savage Center anymore. What's it called? Enterprise. Enterprise Enterprise Center. And and cover the Missouri Valley Conference tournament or an NCAA tournament and watch how that works. Oh, yeah. You think going up there and – Trust me, it's being in the media is not brain surgery. But you think going up there, you are uh, sitting there watching the games along with all the other fans. 
no, negative, and never about to happen. You have a job to do, and there are hundreds of people around there who are impacting that job that you do it's really quite quite an interesting circle not seen on the court not seen on the ty- the big tron you know the the people behind the scenes for all this stuff and since this is a rock station you know we got to talk about the roadies and the crews and all that stuff that do rock concerts who are sitting at home right now i've got tons of friends in vegas they're sitting back wondering where the next check's coming from and it's just like the crews with with sports i mean yeah, it's impacted so many people you never see absolutely i thought it was brain surgery because you always talk about your medical experience so I always thought, yeah it's brain that surgery. was courtesy uncle sam in the u.s navy <laughs> all right yep. we'll talk a little baseball we'll talk about the chiefs because the season's just right around the corner there was uh, a fantasy stat that just get, came get out the rest that, of that, that before you don't let that word drag out the yeah, I'm, sorry. Crowd. Come I'm on. sorry i was trying to think of how to word that and it just <laughs> stopped right there there was a fantasy football ranking that we're going to talk about when we come back it's ned talk on 104.7 the cave ned is in the house speak a little louder would you it's ned talk on 104.7 the cave Surfing big canceled? Anybody know? Anybody? Not that I know of, no. Anybody know? It's, <laughs> it's last couple of weeks have been Shark Week. I don't know. The, that kind of cancels it the hard way, if, doesn't if it? If I would surf after watching Shark Week. I just, I, I'm amazed <laughs> that we have so much to talk about with sharks. They have the brain the size of a walnut, and we talk about them all the time. And yet more people are injured and killed by goats. Every really? year. And, and they, they, yeah. where, do, where do you find that statistic at? I, I have no idea where I saw that. All I know is the first time I saw it, I thought, wow, has, why hasn't Jay Stevens talked about this yet? You know, that sounds like a Jay Stevens <laughs> Goat Week moment. doesn't really have the Goat same, week. doesn't have it the doesn't. same <laughs> ring. There'll be a, lot of, <laughs> be a lot of Patriots fans sitting down very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, this is not about Tom Brady. Exactly. They're talking about exactly. the goat. They're talking about the goat. All right. Let's talk about some rankings, speaking of quarterbacks and while we're sitting here, we always have ESPN on, and they have ranked Lamar Jackson in the fantasy football rankings as the number one quarterback in the NFL. Let, let's just soak that in for a second. I know we're in the kingdom, but let's just soak that in for a second. Ned, your thoughts. You have to see what the quarterbacks have accomplished. Mahomes took his team to a world championship. Lamar Jackson's team lost in the playoffs. Uh, hey, the proof is right there. It's winning and losing, guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a great player, a great player, and can accomplish a lot with his speed and elusive capabilities and his arm. Patrick Mahomes is an outstanding quarterback, maybe the best, also elusive, maybe not quite as quick as Lamar Jackson, maybe, but uh, certainly a premier passer. I don't see how you can differentiate between the two of them other than the fact that one quarterback to world championship team and the other did not. Stormy, your thoughts? Well, when I talk to people about fantasy football, it's kind of like talking to laymen about the stock market. All I hear <laughs> is these insane ideas about the futures and what this, oh, this future person here and this future of this there. And some of it gets pretty insane. You think some of the conspiracy theories you hear in politics are bad, but they just go nuts on these ideas of why this one's better and why that. So I'm, I'm, I've never played fantasy in my life. I just don't see myself doing it. But I, I'm like that. I can't understand why uh, Jackson will be. He's not that he's not a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Has an excellent future, shining future. But for right now, he is not in the category to beat Patrick Mahomes. Like you that. were just talking about dressing up the other day. So don't tell us you've never played fantasy before. 
Oh, well, oh. no, that's a little bit of a different story there, buddy. i got to look the Come kill on. for a second there, just, just for a second. Or I got that, oh, look. Did I tell him about that? Okay, John, your thoughts. So I'm going to come at this a little bit differently, and I can understand why the rankings are the way they are. As somebody who's played a lot of fantasy sports in their time, you have to remember with fantasy sports that different leagues have different categories where you can earn points. Patrick Mahomes is definitely, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL. However, they don't count postseason. It's only based on regular season stats. And the other thing to remember is with Lamar Jackson – not only does he get passing yards, he is also a focal running yes. quarterback. Yep. So it's almost like having an extra running back on your team. So from a fantasy value standpoint, Lamar Jackson may indeed be more valuable. Josh? Well, I'm, I'm going to echo John's sentiments here because I, when, when, you're, when you're playing fantasy football, there are point values assigned to certain statistical categories. And so what I see, I agree with everybody. I think Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But also, part of the reason he is the best quarterback is because he's able to distribute to the other players on his team, making them better. That, in a fantasy league, gives him lower stats and lower points every week than a guy like Lamar Jackson, who has to do more of it himself. And so that's probably where they're coming from on the ranking. And, you know, I've never been a Tom Brady fan, but that dude was never a number one fantasy league quarterback either. <laughs> excellent, nope. excellent, excellent. I point. didn't know they didn't use the postseason. Uh, yeah, no, every fantasy wow. league I've ever that been ju- in. That changes entirely, yeah. yeah. Ends right when the regular season ends. Yeah, How about if we turn league? the question over to a neutral individual? Who's Bobby neutral? Bobby Petrino. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Boy. laughs> let, me, let me ask you this because I, they are continuing to put – People up here, Christian McCafferty, number one mm-hmm. running back. What do you feel about that? He's very, very good, and, very does, good. and does it all. I and, and he's on a team where he can do it all. The yeah. Carolina Panthers, but uh, would he? How would he do in a situation uh, with another team that uh, maybe is a little bit better off with terms of backup running backs and things like that, which he doesn't have there? Uh, again, the fantasy. If this is all based on fantasy stats. Yeah, he's he's very good. Sure. Well, I, I can't comment because I don't know. As I just admitted, I don't know a ton about fantasy football. But if you've got one good running back on your team, then he's the one who's going to accumulate all these points within the categories that I've heard about in fantasy football. So of course he's going to be exactly. right. Our fantasy exactly. expert John and Josh will start with John. Yep, and I can this I can liken this to what we just talked about with Lamar Jackson. As far as Christian McCaffrey is concerned, you have to remember he's a great running back. He rushed for over a thousand yards. However, he also comes close to 1,000 receiving yards mm-hmm. each year. You go back in mm-hmm. the Wayback Machine to the greatest show on turf with the Rams, I always made it a priority to snatch up Marshall Falk because he was a two-way running back. He was a pass threat and a running threat. So same situation. You know, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back right now in the NFL. That's who I would vote for right there, Derrick Henry, Tennessee yep. Titans. Yep. Fantasy value, though, I've got to agree. Christian McCaffrey. What do you think, Josh? I have no problem with McCaffrey being number one in the fantasy league because for the same reasons, you know, it's all about point accumulation and he does so much for his team more than just getting running yards. He gets passing, he gets receiving yards and he scores touchdowns. That's what gets you the most points in these fantasy leagues for those players. But I, I think Derrick Henry's probably the best running back in the NFL because he played for Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> let me, on the bright side, 
is the number one rookie running back is Hilaire that the Chiefs drafted. And he's also finished in the top 30 overall for the season ahead of guys like Ben Roethlisberger on the chart. What do, you, what do you think of that? It all depends on how much the Chiefs use him in, in, and in what capacity. And there's nothing to go on other than his stats at LSU. And he was a receiving running back as well as being a, a, one of the individuals mm-hmm. carrying the ball on handoffs. Not a very big guy. He's small. Can he take the punishment that's delivered over a, uh, a season of 16, 17 games and, and that capacity? Can he withstand that? Can he accumulate the numbers? Uh, it, it's, it's unproven. I would not take him in the fantasy right now. I would take somebody else over him. Joe Burrow was 40. Belair is is number thirty, so they they fantasy guys have him plagued in ten spots ahead of him. What do you mm-hmm. think of that, Stormy? Uh, Just on I, the surface, I see the fact. I, I mean, I won't go to the fantasy side of it. It's a game fact. Is he's got tremendous opportunity this season, especially with an offensive weapon like Damian Williams sitting out. That you can that he could have not necessarily replace him, but more opportunities will open up with him out for Hilaire to make you know good for his rookie season. He has the opportunity to be. Just incredible this year, depending on how they use him. John? Stormy hit it on the nose with Damian Williams opting in out of the season. Hilaire's got a great opportunity, but that's what it is. As Ned mentioned also, it's an opportunity. He may, no pun intended, run with it, or (laughs) he could fall flat, and we see a veteran brought in to uh, carry the load at that point. Josh, your thoughts? Who is uh, Burrow playing for, and is he starting? Uh, playing for Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm sure he will be. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So there's that's why he's ranked as low as he's ranked because there he's going to be running for his life all season. <laughs> Pretty much. So his stats aren't going to be that good. That really bodes well for the Chiefs, though, in the upcoming season. That yes. people who are into fantasy football look at this guy and say. Here's a new dimension that can be added to the Chiefs, another weapon that they can have. Ned, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, again, the seasons change with the the period of time. Everything is not necessarily going to be a ditto, Mark. I found the comments today from Reggie Raglan. Uh, You guys may or may not have seen this. Raglan now plays for the Detroit Lions, but he was with the Chiefs last year. And, Josh, another Alabama player. (laughs) Anyway, Reggie Ragland said after a couple weeks of working out with the Detroit Lions that he sees the same qualities in the Lions as he did with the Chiefs last year. I thought for a player to make that remark at this juncture... That was that's very interesting. Now it could have been for different reasons. Maybe he's trying to ingratiate himself with the Lions players since he is new. But whatever, he did make that comment. It's a heck of a statement, that's for sure. Um, I just see I, again. I'm I'm wanting to see what, and I said this about baseball, and probably tired of hearing about it. But I want to see what's going to step up with this oddball season that seems to be coming. It's not going to be as odd in football as as in baseball, certainly, but. Uh, what are we going to see out of these rookies with these opt-outs? Are we going to see some players step up and really make a name for themselves right off the bat? John? I think you absolutely will, Stormy. I think, you know, football more so than any other sports, running backs especially are almost disposable. And you see the next man up, you know, if I go to someone and I say, hey, do you remember Natron Means? <laughs> 60% of people aren't going to remember who he was because he had two, that was a pointer, really good year. <laughs> two really good years. So, you know, you don't have running backs other outside of Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas, 
that are good for a decade. Yeah, I'll give you another one too. The Gurley kid from uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, Todd Gurley. I yes. mean, he was great for what two years. Yeah, and then really took a dive. Yep. Terrell Davis is another example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, another one. Big yeah. Josh example. Josh, well, are you there? Are you awake? I don't, I don't. I don't know that I have anything else to add to that. <laughs> oh well, thanks for being honest. Yeah. It's hard to find a Mark Van Egan these days, right, guys? Mark just Van just Oakland Raiders, oh, my God. Wow. Boy, was he ever a horse. Mark Good. Van Egan. Or, or, or um, the bus from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, uh, Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis, yeah, yes. Another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, John Riggins. Another John Riggins, yep. yeah. Yeah, hey, we're coming, up, we're, we're coming wow. up with some, some obscure names here. Earl who was, Campbell. Who, who was your who favorite was, running back of oh, all time? Earl, Earl Campbell. Oh. Yours? Campbell or Emmett? Barry Sanders, without a question. Josh, yours? Walter Sweetness Payton. Oh, yes. Walter Payton. Amazing. Walter Payton. And because I'm so much older than the rest of you guys, I would also have to go with Jimmy Brown. Uh, Yes. Without question. his heyday. If only Sanders had a team. I've only been able to see highlights of Jim Brown, but those highlights are impressive. He was a man among boys when he played He was. I'll tell you what was interesting about him, too. He was always billed as a real big running back with great speed. You know what real big was back then? <laughs> 230 pounds. There are yeah. quarterbacks who weigh that more, more than that. Yeah. There's outfielders in baseball that weigh more <laughs> yes, than there that. are. Right. I'll bring up a name. It's not a pleasant name, but O.J. Simpson when OJ. he played. Oh, he, he was a great he player. He was a great player. He really was. Oh, he was dominant. He was dominant. Yeah, O.J.'s. And Emmett Smith, too, another great player. Mm-hmm. And, and uh yeah. And Terry Metcalf for the Cardinals. Very elusive. Very elusive. Very Otis elusive. Anderson for the Cardinals. Yep. Otis yeah. Anderson. O.J. Yeah, Anderson, another sure. great, Another great one. Well, we're talking about sports. That's what we do every Monday night, 6 to 7. And it's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. The news and everything that's happening on the local scene will follow. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports program. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Brindles, our sports roustabout. Ned, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Doing great. I love that. Doing great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. You look good, too, by the way. For an older person? Just like, no. <laughs> he's gonna, he's I'm not going to say there. that. I just, wow. I think you look good, I'm period. just glad it wasn't me for once not doing that. And I get my cane Stormy, and my wheelchair. You look good. I'm doing good. We, we, I'm we doing had, great after this weekend, actually. We had a political conversation before we went on the air. Stormy, <laughs> Stormy was beat red when we started the show. Your natural color has returned. Thank you. I'm, I'm so sick so, of hearing a so, so you're So, so you're sick. better. Yes. How are you? How are you, John? I'm fine. Doing good. <laughs> yeah. He just sat back and took it all in. Yeah. He was yeah. just watching. He was just spectator. He, he's the he, chill of the he, group. He paid, he paid for admission. Josh, how are you doing? I'm here. Good. I'm here and I'm doing all right. <laughs> all right, let's talk about baseball. Uh, my beloved New York Yankees did not play this weekend because the team they played could not keep their drawers on and. Uh, <laughs> Got in trouble, and so but the Yankees... It wasn't so much that. Now, you you don't know what the circumstances oh, were, but they were, we they were we COVID-19 yes. positives, and it wasn't necessarily the players. It may have been staff members. Whatever that circumstance has cleared, the Mets will be back playing tonight. Uh, guys, there was, a to me anyway, a disturbing story that came through today. Concerns the, uh, the, the uh, trading deadline, which is a week from today. Mm-hmm. It is next, it's um, August 31st. 
and uh, we'll end at 3 o'clock Central Time. Okay, the trading deadline is going to be severely impacted by the fact that no teams have made any money. The financial, the financial hit, they especially they being the media was talking about the Chicago Cubs and how much of a financial hit they have taken this year. They do need to make some deals on that team. The Cardinals, even as well as they play, they're nine and eight going into the game tonight, uh, and they have played well against a Cincinnati team that I can't explain. But be that as it may, the Cardinals need some help. But are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to swing it? Because deals that are going to be made may have to be carried over till next year, and you don't know what the financial circumstances are going to be. It is completely out of the ballpark as far as making concrete decisions are concerned. Yeah. One of the things that I used to like about the old Mexican Baseball League was if you won your division, you could pick one player off any other team oh, that's right. to join your team. <laughs> So could you see a circumstance where maybe Major League Baseball would allow like a trade rental, like a team would pick up the salary of a guy for the rest of the season and then he would go back to his team next season? Well, Joe, in a sense, you've had that. That has happened with the trading deadline, which was on July 31st. You saw individuals who were traded then with and with, of course, it was it was fragmented because the. the uh, waiver, the waiver deals are off. You can't mm-hmm. do them now. But you could make uh, trades and would you say, "Hey, I'll pay you that." Remember Will Clark coming to oh, the yes. uh, St. Louis Cardinals? Cardinals? Yep. And uh, there, there were others who uh, fell into that into that category. So, in a sense, it can happen. Yes. Well, 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 I'm not talking about player rentals like you see every year. I'm talking let's let's amp this up to another level. <laughs> let's say that the Cardinals one one bat away, and they go to. Anaheim and say, we'll take Mike Trout's salary for the rest of the season, and then Trout goes back to Anaheim next year. Could no, you see that happening? You, you have the uh, specific dates that have to be honored under the uh, the rules of Major League Baseball, so no, I, I can't see that happening. That'd be fun, though, wouldn't it? Although, it would be fun, yeah, I, will, I will give you an example, though, of how that does affect baseball, not Major League Baseball, and I think this still works, too. When I was a kid playing Little League Baseball and you uh, formed your all-star teams, they were the teams that represented your town when you went into the Little mm-hmm. League World Series playoffs yeah. and things like yes. that. They was not one team. Nope. It was an all-star team. Yeah, and that's the way it still is. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And I, th- mm-hmm. I kind of thought it probably was, yeah. Stormy, your thoughts on uh, baseball? Well, I, th- I think they're going to have to make a decision overall for everything because everybody has taken this monster hit this season financially. They're going to have to come up with some kind of a – some kind of a formula, some kind of a way that they can either still do it or just say, oh, okay, those, as messed up as this year has been, it's been a screwball and a half, let's just stay where we're at for this season. And we'll do it. We'll, we'll just go through it all next year and we'll do the trade and all that next year. But this has just been such a messed up year. I can I, Nothing surprises me anymore in the ideas they're coming up with. So why not take one and just say, look, we're not going to have one this year. Everybody just stay where you're at. Let's see what we can come up with next season. John, you're our baseball pro. Yep. Um, some quick hits about the season. If if you're sleeping on Fernando Tatis Jr., you are missing a budding superstar who will still soon be talked about in the same breath, I think, as Mike Trout at this stage. He's absolutely he's phenomenal play for right to now. watch. Uh, the Padres. Padres. Padres, mm-hmm. okay. Padres, yes. And, uh, you know, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, it's been really fun to see some of these young kids get the opportunity. Dylan Carlson, former Springfield Cardinal, 
hit his first major league home run yesterday. It was a huge, <laughs> you know, huge deal, kind of a monkey off his back since he's been starting so much. You got to see kind of a future as far as pitching goes with Johan Oviedo making his major league debut, and he was an arm here at Springfield, and he looked fantastic. 21-year-old. John, I'm glad you brought that up, too. An arm here in Springfield. All those guys who you've just mentioned all played here, including Mm -hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. with the uh, San Antonio Missions. He was down here. Uh, Mike Trout. Oh, on the same team with Randall Grichik, and yes. that's right, Grich- Grichik was not with the Cardinals gang. He that's was right. with the Angels when they got mm-hmm. him. Uh, all played with the Arkansas Travelers. Uh, Bellinger, Cody Bellinger with the Dodgers. He was with the Tulsa Drillers. All those guys, well, uh, uh, the Cardinals right fielder right now, Dexter Fowler. Oh, Fowler, yeah. He was, yeah. A, he was a Tulsa Driller, Tulsa Driller when they were a Colorado Rockies yeah. farm team. Don't forget about Altuve. And Altuve and, and Springer. George oh, Springer. Yeah, yeah, they all played We've here. seen a lot of talent come through the Texas League. I saw this guy named Yadier Merlina play a couple of years ago down here. Oh, he was pretty wow. good, I thought. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was on a <laughs> rehab, though. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But Paul DeYoung was down here uh, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, he he did he played here. He yes, was he the uh, Springfield Cardinals third baseman. Yeah. Did you have dinner with him? I did not. I'm not one of the chosen few, no. Okay. Josh, what's your thoughts? I know baseball's not your sport. It's too slow for you. Yeah, I have two thoughts, okay? The first one is... In a row? Yeah, I do. It's crazy how that happens sometimes. Um, it, it, it seems kind of sad to me that these guys who make billions of dollars with their sport are playing it so close to the vest that they're complaining that they don't have the money to to uh, keep their sport going, you know? I mean, do you really think these guys are broke? Because <laughs> I don't. And then second of all, you know what sport does loan players to other teams to pick up their salary? Soccer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, well, I mean, he just in the we're in this, as far as baseball goes, we're in this time where, hey, Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Sure. So I've not been opposed to anything that they've done so far. I think the universal DA. I know I, you're. I am. I know you're opposed to the runner at second base. Second base, no, get that out of there. But what well, you talked about almost sounded like a major league baseball version of Red Rover. Red Rover. <laughs> you know, yeah. send so and so right over. You know, we need him for a season. Well, the teams don't have to agree with that, though. They don't have to, but no, no they don't. I, have to. But, I, but I, I like see, the concept, the idea of it. I like. I can see teams who are in a financial situation where they, you know, look what 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 is the prorated Mike Trout salary for the rest of the year? The Anaheim out of it. I don't know whether they are or not, but, you know, they're out of it. They could cut their payroll by whatever and give him to another team to play. And does any of this really matter? You're speculating on something that's not going to happen. I'm speculating on a hypothesis. You know I don't know nothing, Ned. I'm just speculating on a hypothesis. Well, do you have the abstract all set on this? Do you have your... uh, your uh, isosceles triangles all set? No, because I don't know anything like that. I just, <laughs> I like, I, I, I'm enjoying the, the experimentation with the sport that I love. I didn't now, think that I would love that, but I do like the experimentation. And with Joe, it. you're making a very good point too, because there are some experiments that are going on, like the runner at second base, like the DH, like the three batters with the relief pitcher, and some of them, not all, but some of them are going to be in place for next year. The others that won't be will be bargaining chips when the contract comes up. 
which is December the 1st of 2021. It's when the season ends next year. And don't think for a second that negotiations haven't already started. I'm sure they're doing some talking about laying down the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Baseball cannot afford a long-term stop. No, no they, they cannot. Not at all. And baseball can't afford to go on the way that it is. It needs to change. It needs to evolve. And it, it, it's a sport that honestly has evolved throughout its history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All sports have to survive. I mean, football was basically a running game when it started. And then somebody just said, hey, why don't we throw this? And th- th- that's worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. Now it's not a running game at all. It's all passing. Why would you waste your time handing a yeah. ball to somebody when I could throw it 30 yards down I, the I field? I have a friend in town who was an NFL referee, and you guys know who oh, he yes. was. I said, what is the purpose in even running the ball? Throw it down the field because 70% of the time there's going to be interference called. He said, no, 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 that's not the case. <laughs> but it seems like it. Are there any of the rules other than the runner at second you don't like? Any of the changes? I, I would, I would given that my druthers not have the DH in the National League because I think it adds to the – but I'm, I'm an old man – so I'm going back to the historical standpoint of this. But in terms of the speed up of the game and the offense, I can see that, and it's going to happen. It will be there. So there's really no debating that point. Do not want to see the 22nd uh, uh, pitch clock coming in. I don't want that at all. Pitchers have their own rhythm. Do like the relief pitcher having to face three batters. Yes, do I do like, like that. that it did come back to uh, haunt the Cardinals over the weekend. Or actually, on Friday night, I think it was with – uh, the Webb kid, Tyler, Tyler Webb, Webb in there. Yes. <clears throat> but uh, the fact remains that uh, most of the little little adjuncts that they're putting into the game now do have some merit. The one at second base does not. I understand why it is. It's to speed oh, up the it's, game. It's painful to watch yeah, those 18 like inning games. It's no, pain. it isn't. It's, it's baseball. Oh, it, oh, I love baseball. I do. I love the sport. But when you're in the 17th inning and neither both teams are exhausted, they have no pitching, and it's just like, oh, just get this over with. Can somebody kick a field goal? <laughs> or some, And I love baseball. I re- honestly do. Stormy, I, your thoughts? I think that rule would be okay in an extra inning scenario as you just brought up, but only then. Other than that, no, I don't like the clock. I, I do like the uh, design, the uh, pitcher having to face a certain number of batters while being brought in. I think that's long overdue in my opinion. Um, but I, other than that, I'm I'm still more of a purist on it. But also I can see sometimes you gimmick in a little up in the extra innings for guys, let's get this over with. Yeah, I, I went to a Springfield Cardinals game last year, and they used the clock in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. And the thought is that it will help the pitchers coming up to be used to that idea so that when they get to Major League Baseball, there won't be all the scratching mm-hmm. and digging around and walking around the mound and everything. Honestly, it didn't bother me at all. And I was adamantly against the idea of a 20-second pitch clock. But when I watched it, I was like, this is no big deal. Yeah, Joe, it wasn't called, though. It wasn't yeah. called. It mm. was used there, and the clock was on. But the rule, I only saw it called one time. It was a game we had on t- uh, TV. Excuse me a second, guys. <clears throat> and it was um, It was not last year. It was the year before that when it was first implemented. Mm-hmm. Early in uh, April, I think it was, umpire stopped the game, and he signaled up the ball, automatic ball right there. That's the only time I ever saw it. Most of the time where they were pitching within the 20 yes, seconds. Yes, yes, yes. They were so, so, John, your thoughts? Uh, just one thought. You know, you, you floated this idea about, you know, player rentals for teams that were struggling. I, I would counter that we've already seen that. And as much as we want to romanticize our former Kansas City Royals owner, 
Mr. Glass, I think for years you saw the Kmart of baseball teams <laughs> with a blue light special <laughs> so that they could showcase young talent, which was then promptly shipped off to other contenders. And they're, they're not the only team that's done that. So don't, no, you don't, no. the David Glass shouldn't be whatever he, for that. There's a lot merged. of, yeah. Yeah. And no, the man the man did what he had to do to make that team work. He wanted to win, and uh, I I thought he he did everything that he could possibly do under constricted financial circumstances. Sure. They, and let's, no. let's just face it: there's only one owner in all of baseball that puts winning above profits, and that's the Steinbrenner family. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Josh, your thoughts as we wrap up the show. I think they need to put a squeak toy in the bat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I think actually there were some players that did that at one time, so but then and, got, and got called out for it. So yeah, they got yeah they called it cork back then. Yes, we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of the season, and don't forget we are your home for the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got a lot of stuff planned, including our fan of the week. We'll. Be doing Red Friday on a Wednesday this year. Mike, the intern, uh, was talking to me about that today. And as always, Mike and Ned are on each weekday morning right here on the cave. And Ned gives the sports updates throughout the week. So, indeed, and and our show, this show, is next Monday. And then I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. There, we're we're all fired. No, no, um, no, 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 no. We'll be the Chiefs pregame show, folks. Yes. And Stormy, you had something you wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. The Queen City Asylum did play again this weekend on the road down in West Plains, and we're now 10-0 and on the year. Wow. 6-0 on the season. What was the score? 98 to nothing. our first shutout. Wow. It's a nail-biter. Yeah, it was, it was a real head-scratcher. But five sacks, <laughs> seven defensive takeaways, 12 different players scored. And, again, I said our first shutout. But, of course, we are and appreciative of them to having our, of us down there to play. I would say congratulations to Stormy because late in the game they put him in as quarterback. <laughs> and he threw a touchdown pass, by the way. So congratulations to Stormy. Oh, John, right. anything yeah. you want to add in? No, just that, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to see kind of the uh, light at the end of the tunnel with sports. I'm, I'm enjoying the NBA. I'm enjoying Major League Baseball, and I'm hoping we can uh, look out. That might be a train. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you next Monday night. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.